It's the Y'all Show, kicking off a whole brand new week with you here on this show all about Dixie. I'm John Rawl, glad to have you back on board the show that we talk news, sports, opinion, a little politics, maybe a little fashion, certainly a lot of food, a lot of music, just tons of good stuff here on the Y'all Show. We're glad you could join us. Our number is 803-816-1170 and our Twitter account at Y'all Show. And we're on Instagram as well. We've got a very good week of programming lined up for you. I want you to tune in as we've got barbecue. We've got country music. We actually have a rising country music singer going to join us this week, Karen Waldrop. She's from Louisiana, and she's got a brand new album out that we'll tell you about. And just learn more about Karen Waldrop here on this week's Y'all Show. Plus, we've got all the football talk, SEC, ACC, as the teams get ready for week three this weekend. And, of course, on Friday afternoon, we'll have General Gridiron, Field Marshal of Football Foretelling coming on. And the General better do a better job this week. The General got demoted after what happened this past weekend. Many of the predictions from the General were totally wrong. And I'm going to talk to him about that. Now, personally, this was a bad weekend for me. This was a horrible weekend for me from a football standpoint. I don't even want to talk about it, so I'm not, okay? It's been really, really tough. Coming in here today doing y'all is a relief for me where I don't have to think about football at least for two hours. Well, we are going to talk a little football in an hour or two, give you an update on what's going on in the South. Also, we got Jerry Short coming on in an hour or two, the teller of tales from Takapola Way, and he's got more to say about the death of Burt Reynolds last week at the age of 82, and he'll also talk, well, of course, he's going to talk football. Come on, I can't get away from it. No, I like football, but hey, when you love football, you've got a lot of highs and you got some lows. And this past weekend, for yours truly, was I don't think it could have gone any worse. Now, luckily, my favorite NFL team won, but I'm more concerned about college football, and that was just real bad. And, and what was worse is not only your team losing – and teams that you kind of have an interest in losing. But what's worse is when your rivals win. And that's what happened this past weekend. It was not good. It was just not good. All right, what else is not good is Hurricane Florence. As we start our headlines from across the region, Hurricane Florence out in the Atlantic is intensifying and looking more and more like it's going to come across the Carolinas at some point and be a very ugly Category 3, possibly Category 4 hurricane this week. Its winds are intensifying, and forecasters are expecting this to be extremely dangerous. Now, we're going to go to the Weather Channel, where earlier today, Dr. Greg Postel was on there. He's a storm specialist at the Weather Channel. Let's hear from the experts. Let's hear what he had to say earlier today about Hurricane Florence. Yeah, Florence continues to churn its way across the Atlantic, closer and closer to the United States with each passing hour. Right now on the satellite pictures and the latest advisory from the Hurricane Center has it at 70 miles per hour. This is, again, estimated from satellites. Uh, and actually, um, we're going to have in the next uh, couple of days some reconnaissance in there. And they were in there recently to give us a pretty good idea of what we've got now. So this is a, a good estimate moving west at six miles per hour. 
I don't like that westward motion because, as I mentioned, that brings it uh, ever closer to the United States. There it is in the big picture. I showed this the last couple days just to give everybody a big feel for what we've got. There's Florence. There's Bermuda. It's likely going to slide well south of Bermuda, so that's good for those interests there. But watch out along the east coast. As we mentioned, it is not too early to prepare for a landfalling hurricane, really anywhere from Florida through the Carolinas and the Delmarva. Keep an eye on Florence because it is getting closer and not so slowly either. Here's the cone from the Hurricane Center. Steady she goes. And, you know, kudos to this forecast because it's roughly the same as what we saw yesterday. Moving Florence on that west-northwest path, strengthening it along the way through major hurricane status with a landfall becoming more and more likely late Thursday and early Friday in the Carolinas. I mean, that's about as specific as we can get where that's the most likely outcome right now. It doesn't mean that North Florida, Georgia, you're off the hook. You got to pay attention to it. But the most likely scenario does have that in the Carolinas, really all the way from, say, Charleston through Hatteras as a major hurricane, which can uh, come with all kinds of hazards. We know that wind, water surge, everything that you can typically think of with a major hurricane, this will have it. There it is on the satellite picture, and I'm looking at it, and with each passing hour, as I mentioned earlier, it's looking better and better organized. The outflow pattern is well established on all semicircles, really. This thing is about ready to strengthen quickly, I think. Looking at some of the data on the inside of it, that is indeed the case, and the models are showing exactly that. Look at this. Each one of them is a different, different line on this map. And by Monday, Tuesday, we may be dealing with a major Category 3-plus hurricane lurking in the Atlantic, closing in on the United States. The probabilities for hurricane-force winds continue to increase along the coast. And again, hurricane-force winds, 74 miles per hour or greater, they also, those probabilities continue to rise from South Carolina through North Carolina and not just at the coast. This is not just going to be a coastal issue. We have to remember that Florence is likely to continue on its track westward and maybe even slow down after making landfall, assuming it does. Now, looking at the overall pattern, there is less of now of a chance, as we mentioned yesterday, of Florence harmlessly going out to sea. It is going to continue on that west-northwest motion with that blocking high to the north, really not allowing any escape options in the uh, out-to-sea variety. So it does really look like that Florence is going to be a landfalling hurricane. And the problem is, is that it is likely to stall or slow down after making landfall, assuming it does. In this vicinity, and we don't know exactly where it is, but that's going to raise the stakes for a significant flooding event as Florence continues to move and slow down inland. So we're going to have, we think, the, all the hazards that come along with a landfalling major hurricane and also the potential flooding for a very slowly moving tropical cyclone inland across the southeastern U.S. Guys, be prepared. Now is not too late to have that plan and begin to implement it. And that was Weather Channel Storm Specialist Dr. Greg Postale earlier today on the Weather Channel. And we want to thank them for letting us let you hear from an expert like Dr. Postale. As many of you across the south are going to be affected by this, whether it's from a direct hit on the coast, on the Atlantic coast of the south, or the thing will come inland and create all kinds of havoc, storms, tornadoes, and more across several states. And it is going to be the story, I think, this week, news-wise and weather-wise, across the country as Hurricane Florence is coming and is coming with a force. Now, this is a very unusual hurricane. Oftentimes, hurricanes hit the south, coming kind of 
on a Caribbean track coming around the Bahamas and such. This one is totally going between the Bahamas and Bermuda, a very northward route that it's taking to hit the southeast. And we had hoped that maybe it would turn north and avoid all kinds of land. Well, that doesn't appear to be the case. Let's let's help our friends who are going to be directly impacted by this. And if you're one of our friends who are going to be directly impacted, please, please buckle down and, and, and evacuate. Do the things you're supposed to do. It looks like Wilmington, North Carolina could be in the storm's path. I spent several days in Wilmington at the end of 2017. Lovely place, Wrightsville Beach, great place. And hopefully in the last 20, 30 years with all the storms that have come through that area that they've kind of got the equipment and the building codes up to speed to where something like this will cause some damage but not be anywhere like it could have been in the past. And and if it doesn't hit North Carolina, it could hit South Carolina, it could hit even Georgia, possibly up into the Delmarva Peninsula. So we've got to keep our eye on this. And if you're across the southeast, be prepared to help out. Raise money, get supplies. I know you'll start seeing power trucks head I-40 east toward North Carolina or I-20 toward South Carolina. And, and if you're on those highways in the coming days, you'll see tons of electrical trucks heading eastward as they always do when big storms come. But let's, let's keep our, our focus on that and, and make this as, as painless as possible. Storms are a way of life in our country and in our region. And let's hope Hurricane Florence is as much a dud as it possibly can be. And we'll be following all week long here on the Y'all Show. So stay here for all the updates that we can get from, from the Carolinas and more as this ugly hurricane appears to be the story of the week. President Donald Trump is going to Mississippi this week. He's going to go to Jackson on Friday to help campaign for U.S. Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith. She was appointed to be senator after Thad Cochran resigned earlier this year due to health reasons. And she's facing a very conservative challenger in a three-person jungle primary going on in Mississippi in November. And former U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Mike Espy is also a part of the mix on the Democratic side. And so it's, it's a very contested race. And President Trump has backed Cindy Hyde-Smith, who was a former agriculture commissioner in Mississippi. And she's going off against the former agriculture commissioner for the whole country when Espy was that under the Clinton administration. But, yeah, there's going to be a rally in Jackson on Friday. And this will be going on at the Coliseum right there near the state capitol in downtown Jackson. President Trump heading to Mississippi. And that's his second time going to Mississippi in about seven months or so. He was in Jackson, I think, earlier in 2018 for the dedication of the Mississippi State Museum and Civil Rights Museum. And it snowed in Jackson on that day, which was very unusual to have snowfall in Jackson and that far south in Mississippi. But it was an unusual day and a lot of a lot of controversy as many of the civil rights leaders refused to hear President Trump and refused to be there when he spoke at that dedication. A woman, and sadly this is terrible news from Louisiana where we have a, three, a trio of stories from the Pelican State. A woman outside of Alexandria, Louisiana, killed her estranged husband at a Louisiana Walmart, and she did this in front of her three children. Kaylee Cote, 31, of Alexandria, is now charged with murder. A report of shots fired sent officers to this Alexandria Walmart Saturday morning, and her, she's now being charged with murder and killing her 
estranged husband. Cold-blooded there. In Hammond, Louisiana, home of the Strawberry Festival, by the way, a historic black church there collapsed during a funeral service and injured about a dozen people. This happened at the Greater St. James African Methodist Episcopal Church, and about a dozen people fell into a four-foot-deep hole in the church's foyer during this funeral over the weekend. The church's website says it opened in 1867 as the first black church in Hammond. Very strange story coming from Louisiana with a funeral causing this, so many people to pack into the church and the floor gave way and several people now injured as a result of this historic church and its building structure being damaged. Another in Louisiana city is Kenner City and Mayor Ben Zahn has said that his town will ban its recreation department from purchasing any Nike products. He declared this on September 5th. Under no circumstances should Nike products or any product with the Nike logo be purchased, the report said from Kenner City, Louisiana Mayor Ben Zahn. Zahn's office sent the memo to Parks and Recreation Department Director Chad Pitfield, according to what appears to be a copy of the letter posted to a New Orleans area media outlet. The memo was issued just two days after Nike announced that former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick would be the face of its 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign. Kaepernick is not mentioned in the memo from the Kenner City Mayor's office. A third person has been charged in the murder of a North Carolina mayor and his wife. This happened in the town of Leggett in Edgecombe County, where the mayor there, Gary Skelton, and his wife, Jackie, were found murdered in their home. The men who's charged with murder were just released from prison last week, according to state prison records. Those men are Keith Earl Williams and Mitchell Brinson, charged with first-degree murder. Another person, a woman, Dakita Nasha Andrews, was the third person arrested in connection with the deaths of Mayor Skelton and his wife. So bad news from the state of North Carolina with these people charged with murdering a mayor and his wife. In Pensacola, a federal appeals court says that the city must take down a cross that has been in a city park for nearly 50 years. The Pensacola News Journal in Florida reports that the U.S. 11th Circuit's Court of Appeals ruled Friday to uphold a lower court ruling that the cross was unconstitutional and needs to be removed. The judge said the ruling that they were constrained by existing precedent. The American Humanist Association and Freedom from Religion Foundation filed a lawsuit against the city of Pensacola, Florida in 2016 on behalf of four Pensacola residents who wanted the cross to be removed. City officials say they plan to appeal the ruling. The mayor of Pensacola, Ashton Hayward, said the cross is an important part of the city's history and culture. A pregnant woman in Nashville jumped from a window after being raped. This happened in a third floor of an apartment building in the Music City, and the woman was trying to escape a man who raped and robbed her. Now they're searching for the suspect, but they've recovered a car belonging to 30-year-old woman that was, was raped, and we're not letting her name be known, by the way, as it's not it's being held by police. The woman is in the hospital still. A police statement says the woman had been lying down when she heard noises, suspect entered her bedroom with a knife, demanded money, and told her not to run. Police say he then raped the woman and took items from her purse. The woman then hit the man with a bottle, causing him to leave the room, and then she jumped from the window 
and the man fled in her car. Also in the volunteer state, officials there are posting warnings after a bear got into a pickup truck. The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency went on social media to share an important message to lock your vehicle doors when in the Smokies and never leave food inside. The photos on Facebook show a truck that's absolutely destroyed by a bear. I mean, you can't even see the evidence of a seat or anything. looks like a nice truck, too. A, a hungry bear there. Officials also say another call came in where a bear opened a truck door and became trapped inside. So bears on the prowl in the Smoky Mountains National Park. In fact, a friend of mine who lives in North Georgia posted a video over the weekend. He just recently got the Ring video camera. Maybe you've seen that advertised on television. And he said he just put it up last weekend, and it was only like at 10 o'clock at night on Friday night, actually. I saw he put this on Facebook. He said, I've only had this up a week, and I heard a dog bark, and I decided to check this camera's video. Look at this. And sure enough, a black bear right there outside of his house. And he's in a city in North Georgia. It's not in the middle of the woods. He's in a town in North Georgia. And a bear was right there just kind of prowling around in the backyard. No big deal. Right up next to the house. The the camera was right there on it. No mistaking it. So there are bears all over the mountainous areas of the south. And we're seeing more and more encounters with them in other areas like around Nashville. I know they recently spotted a black bear there. And we've seen them in Louisiana. They got them in Florida. They don't have one in Oxford, Mississippi anymore. <laughs> but they're, they're around. Keep an eye on black bears. The Atlanta City Council has voted to extend its hours for alcohol sales at least on one day. And that one day would be February 3rd of 2019. That's because Atlanta is going to be hosting the Super Bowl in 2019. And the Atlanta Council unanimously passed the Pour Until Four legislation, which will allow the city to sell alcohol up until 4 o'clock in the morning each night of Super Bowl weekend. So if you didn't have enough reason to go to the Super Bowl, whatever teams might be playing in, in Atlanta, then here's your chance to go have a good time till 4 in the morning. Pour until 4. And I went to the last Super Bowl held in Atlanta in 1999-2000. It was, I guess, in, in the year 2000 because it was the 99 season when the Titans played the St. Louis Rams. And I'm a bad spokesperson for Atlanta hosting a Super Bowl because most people in the South live within an 8 to 10 hour drive of Atlanta. It's kind of centrally located for most of the South. I drove as a Titans fan. I drove to Atlanta. I spent $10 on parking. I bought a Burger King hamburger on the way in. I didn't buy a ticket because I was scared that the $600 tickets they were selling were counterfeit, which was true. A lot of people were selling counterfeit tickets. I watched the game at CNN Center in downtown Atlanta, and then I left. I spent about $40 on my Super Bowl odyssey in 1999-2000, and the Titans lost by a yard. But Atlanta maybe wanting to, because of people like me coming from the South to see the Super Bowl, they want to make a lot more money in the 2019 Super Bowl, which should be Super Bowl 53, I think is the number now, 52 or 53. They use the the Greek or Roman number, numeral system, and so I, I kind of lose track. Speaking of Atlanta, hey, here's another reason to go to Hot Atlanta. The syndicated TV show Divorce Court 
has now moved from L.A. to Atlanta for its new season. It's going to tape at the Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. So, hey, if you want to see the new season of Divorce Court, it premieres today. And you can watch the show Monday through Friday on most syndicated uh, stations across the, the region. Divorce Court now in the ATL filming at Tyler Perry Studios. He's done a lot to help promote the tourism and film industry in Georgia, Tyler Perry. And here's another example of Divorce Court. One of those hundred shows that come on TV that have something to do with going to court or or divorces or, gosh, you know, just tune in during the daytime. You'll see what I'm talking about. And now our feel-good story comes from Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Go Greyhounds! And the homecoming queen, Kaylee Foster, what a superstar. She not only got the homecoming queen on Friday night before the Greyhounds football game, but when they suited up, she is a kicker on the football team for Ocean Springs High School. And she kicked field goals of 20 and 30 yards during the game that the Ocean Springs Greyhounds had on Friday. And then, if that's not enough, the game went into overtime and she kicked the extra point to give Ocean Springs a 13-12 win on the night that she was the homecoming queen. Now that is a special, special day for this great Southerner, Kaylee Foster, an Ocean Springs, Mississippi homecoming queen and Greyhounds football star. What a combo. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got hashtag hullabaloo. we got some real doozies. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us here. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Thank you. 
Back into the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. We've got the Y'all Street Business Report coming up after this segment. So before we close out Hour 1, we're going to give you some updates on shrimp in Louisiana and automotive industry news and more across the southeast. You don't want to miss it. Plus, is Amazon coming to the south? We'll find out. We'll get you the latest on that in our Y'all Street Business Report in the next segment. Plus, in Hour 2, we've got plenty of football talk and the teller of tales from Takapola Way. Jerry Short will be stopping by with short stories. That's all ahead on the Y'all Show. But now, 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 <laughs> it's hashtag a hula hula baloo, where we look at social media and find the wacky stuff that goes on and the and the informative stuff. We've got some stuff that's going to make you feel smarter about yourself. So we have it all here, y'all, on the Y'all Show. Cassie J. Fox. She's the host and creator of Soul of the Blues with Cassie C.J. Fox, which is a syndicated internet radio show. I need to check that out. we got competition here on the Y'all Show with the Soul of the Blues with Cassie C.J. Fox. And Cassie J. Fox on Twitter says, Hour One, Funky Friday, Marvin Cease, The Mellow Fellows, Artie Blues Boy White, Bobby G, Johnny Rawls, Katie Webster, Kip Anderson, Johnny Copeland, Bobby Murray, Johnny Guitar Watson, hashtag Mellow Fellows. All right, there we have it. She's got a nice lineup of people on her syndicated show, Soul of the Blues with Cassie C.J. Fox. Now, one of those names naturally caught my eye, Johnny Rawls, a, a soul, soul singer. Johnny Rawls, I've heard of that name. I don't know much about him. He is a soul singer from Columbia, Mississippi. I know where that is. That is in South Mississippi in Marion County. And he's 66 years old, and he's been a a guitarist, arranger, songwriter, record producer. He's influenced by the deep soul music of the 60s, and he's released more than 20 albums under his Johnny Rawls name, and he's been nominated 16 times for a Blues Music Award, winning Soul Blues Album of the Year in 2010. And he's got a lot of nominations and uh, just continues to soul it up with a nice collection of, of albums. He's been having albums come out since the early 90s. His most recent album on, I like the name of this record company, Cat Food Records, is called Soul Brothers. Johnny Rawls, Mississippian, Columbia, Mississippi. That's funny. He is born in Columbia, Mississippi. His name's Johnny Rawls. My name is John Rawl. I was born in Columbia, South Carolina. Maybe we're kin. <laughs> I haven't tried my hand at soul music before. I'm more of a country guy. And Cajun, I like Cajun music. But soul, hey, Johnny Rawls. I need to get him on the show sometime. Should be a fun interview could get confusing at times but that is good stuff to know and remind you again if you like soul music don't forget that cassie j fox cj fox has this great show called soul of the blues hoop la on twitter at hoop la blog lifestyle blogger and designer writing about events health travel beauty food and hot spots and hoop la wrote I love stumbling upon little southern gems in our neighborhood. And she put a picture, or I think this is a female Hoop LA. A picture was posted on the Twitter account. 
with a quality grocery store. Now, this looks like an old grocery store in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and it's got a mural on the side of it with a Pepsi, the old Pepsi mural still on the side of this quality grocery. And I'm seeing more and more of these vintage grocery stores. We used to have grocery stores, the small country stores, all over the South. Uh, I know if you ever go down a highway that was in existence 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, especially a major road that could have been like a U.S. highway, there were there were stops, usually about every half mile or mile, of some kind of store, some kind of country store. I know in my very rural area that I grew up in, the town that I live in was about seven miles down the road, and just within my very, very quick determination, I can think of probably seven or eight country stores that were between my home and the town, which is thriving now, but still uh, 70 years ago, it was, it was, it, it had enough stuff there, but before you could get to that town, you had to go buy six or seven country stores, all of which had gas stations, and they had food, and and I don't know how they all made it, but they did. And I was on a, I grew up just off of U.S. Route 1, U.S. Highway 1, which goes from Key West to Maine. goes through a lot of cities along the eastern corridor. And Calais, within a mile from my home, there were, I think, three of those country stores. And I bet you have a similar story, wherever you might live. If you grew up especially near a, a U.S. Highway number so-and-so. I bet there were a lot of country stores, many of which haven't made it, many of which were abandoned 20, 30, 40 years ago and have just been sitting there if they're still in existence, just being empty buildings or being used for beauty shops or something like that. But it's amazing that some of them have great murals on the side. And in Raleigh, this one might even be on US-1 because US-1 goes through Raleigh, North Carolina. Quality Grocery has that great Pepsi mural on it. Pepsi, born in North Carolina, in Newburn, North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. And Hoop LA, we appreciate that great picture. And if you've got great photos from across the region that you want to share and have us talk about it here on the Y'all Show, we encourage you to do it. A couple of ways to do it. Tweet it to us. And our Twitter account is at Y'all Show, Y-A-L-L Show. Or if you want to email us anything, a photo, a recipe, or maybe an inspirational message, We'll take it here on the show. Our Twitter, our email account, rather, is yallshow, Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W, at y'all.com. Simply drop us an email. We'd love to hear from you. We, we actually haven't had an email come in in a while. I'd love to, to embarrass you here on the Y'all Show and, and cite whatever you've got to pass along to us here on the show that's all about y'all. Chris McLean is on Twitter at MacWFNZ. And Chris is the host, we're going to stay in North Carolina for this, by the way, he's the host of the Mac Attack on WFNZ 102.5 and 610 AM, The Fan in Charlotte. That is a sports station that covers all kinds of NBA, NFL, and more. And Chris is on Twitter. And he wrote, said y'all twice in one sentence during the segment. Mac WFNZ is now hashtag Southern. Well, Chris, I did some heavy research into you, and you're, I think, what we call a damn Yankee, okay? You're one of those 
people from across the Mason-Dixon that have come south. You've stolen our jobs, stolen our women probably, and and you're not leaving. That's what makes you a, a damn Yankee. But, yeah, you have said it twice, so you're guilty. Now, I haven't heard your show, Chris, The Mac Attack on The Fan in Charlotte. Hopefully it's a good show. You know, I'm a fan of Charlotte sports. I love the Carolina Panthers. I'm a fan of the Charlotte Hornets, and it's a lovely city. I grew up going there some in my childhood. My low light of sports came in Charlotte. Charlotte had the only ice skating rink in the Carolinas, if I'm not mistaken, but definitely in South Carolina back in the 70s and 80s, and it was at a mall in Charlotte. And oftentimes, youth groups from churches or just outings would go to this mall in Charlotte and shop and ice skate. And it was a neat little outing. And if you grew up in the Carolinas, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. I researched this not long ago. That mall is no longer there. Like most malls from the 70s and 80s, they're kaput. But this was a really cool mall because it had in the center court, it it had an ice skating rink. And ice in the Carolinas to go ice skating was pretty unusual. Now they're more and more across the southeast you'll find them, but maybe that was common in other major areas of the south where you had an ice skating rink in a mall. But as a redneck kid in South Carolina to go to a big city like Charlotte time to go ice skating was a real adventure. Well, I busted my butt. And when you fall on your fanny in front of all your buddies when you're a teenager, yeah, that it leaves a, a very special moment that you don't want to go back and reflect on too much but that's what happened to me and hey when you're in the south we're not supposed to be great ice skaters okay so you got to have some sympathy for me right and i'm sure every single one of you who's ever been ice skating at least on your first try you fell on your tuckus too all right let's talk some country music we've got to have our big report on wednesday as Precious Harris will be by with the Nashville Music Line. And also, later this week, we're going to have Karen Waldrop. She's a rising country music singer from Louisiana. Had a great chance to talk to her, and we're going to have a fun interview with her this week on the show and introduce you to Karen Waldrop, share some of her music, and she is sensational. And she's touring the Southeast right now. We'll have that later in the week. But right now, with country music in mind, I found this gif on the Facebook site (laughs) and i I just have to chuckle because i fancy myself as a country music guru absolutely love it i've worked in it i've made money off country music for a long time as a journalist but like many of you and i'm hearing this more and more i don't particularly get that excited about what's coming out of nashville right now it's okay and some of it is really good but a lot of it is not very good a lot of it is what they call bro country And I have zero, zero interest in that. And I could care less. Now, in the spirit of bro country, I think is what led to this gif that I found on Twitter and on Facebook. And it's got a picture of a foursome of country singers, some of which I recognize, but there was one I did not recognize in this picture. And it's a a picture where you've got Cole Swindell, Jason Aldean, and Luke Bryan all snugged up against each other. And there was another guy here wearing a T-shirt and a hat that I did not recognize. And so I had to go research him. And it's Kip Moore. Now, all four of these are Georgia natives. And they're at a concert, evidently, together, having a good old time. 
The GIF says, what people think what people think when I say I'm a country music fan. And it's got these foursome of all Georgians singing together, smiling. And again, Cole Swindell, Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, and Kip Moore. Now, I had to go look up Kip Moore. I knew the name. I didn't know what he looked like. That's why I was throwing a curveball by this picture. But Kip Moore, to his credit, he had a really good song out several years ago, Something About a Truck. Remember that? And went to number one. And he sold like tons, tons of records with that. Well, he has himself in this picture alongside his fellow Georgia singers. And so that caption says what people think when I say I'm a country music fan. But below that is another foursome of singers with the caption, but this is what I actually mean. And I know these four. These four in this picture are the Highwaymen, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, and way more, Wellen Jennings. And that's what this person on on Facebook wanted to declare when they say, when I'm a country music fan, I'm really talking about these people, not these current people. But some of the current people have good stuff. Jason Aldean, Galway, he's had, I think now, 21 country number one songs, I think. And Luke Bryan, oh, half of his songs are good, and the other half are kind of cheesy. But And then Cole Swindell's had some success. I just need to get him another hat. He always wears that Georgia Southern baseball hat, which is where he went to school. That's also where Luke Bryant went to school. Jason Aldean may have even gone to Georgia Southern in Statesboro. But, uh, golly, we got to get you another hat, man. Maybe Georgia Tech. Maybe maybe a team from South Carolina would be good. Or maybe we could just be neutral and say, how about an Atlanta Braves hat? That would be a good good choice for a guy that bills himself as being from the South. Adam Wycliffe is on Twitter, at Wycliffe, and he says that he lives vicariously through himself. Okay, thank you for that. My enemies list me as their emergency contact, left-handed and right-handed. My opinions are more factual than your facts. All right, Adam Wycliffe bringing it here on the Y'all Show today. His guide to being Southern. Half and half is half sweet tea, also colloquially known as tea, and unsweet tea, an abomination. Creamer is half and half. Don't mix up the two. All right, a public service announcement from Adam Wycliffe helping us explain what half and half means. And I'll be honest, I've been out with people in restaurants, and there is a big difference if you're into these artificial sweeteners. You don't give the, the light blue pack, and the other one is half and half or whatever, Nutra and See, I don't, Splenda might be one of them. Those, if you have to use those sweeteners, it is a major faux pas if you don't have the one you're looking for and you have to use the other brand. And if you're one of our listeners, you know what I'm talking about. It's a major violation of ethics if that were to happen. And that's a look at hashtag hullabaloo here. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to get into our Y'all Street business report. We have some news from the shrimp industry in Louisiana Plus, U.S. Senator Lamar Alexander of Tennessee is not happy about the tariffs that are going on between China and the U.S. and more. And we'll have a report on that, plus more things going on across Southeast business-wise. That's ahead on the Y'all Show. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. 
Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Every year, thousands overpay for a used car. They're left feeling disappointed, ashamed, and alone. Traditional pricing books only add to the confusion, offering only guesstimates and ranges. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Let's get crazy! In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in! Come on! Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. And we're back on a Monday of Y'all with John Rawl. Glad you could join us here on the program that's all about Dixie. And we like to spotlight our southern businesses on the Y'all Show when we get the opportunity. And we're going to start out today in Louisiana, where they have a tremendous shrimp industry. And Louisiana shrimpers are getting a little more money this year for their catch. But there's a catch in that statement, according to the Times-Picayune. A recent uptick in prices of about a nickel per pound have averted a shrimper's strike. But the Southern Shrimp Alliance says Louisiana's July shrimp landings, 1.3 million pounds, were the lowest for any July in at least 17 years. No reasoning why the landings were so low. Alabama had record landings in July at 2.2 million pounds. The Alliance says catches are lower Gulf-wide. So good news from a making money standpoint, bad news on a yield in Louisiana for the shrimp industry. Tennessee Senator Lamar Alexander says automakers in Tennessee 
would benefit by zero tariffs. He chairs the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, and he told his Senate colleagues last week that eliminated trade tariffs among different countries is the best approach to aiding U.S. manufacturers, especially Tennessee's automotive industry. I know there's an auto plant in the Chattanooga area, and Nashville's got something just outside of Columbia, Tennessee. And it's a hearing on the impact of a zero-tariff policy. Alexander voiced support for ending tariffs, especially the steel tariffs, which are pushing up production costs in the U.S. Nissan estimates that 70% of the weight of a Nissan vehicle made in Tennessee is steel, and the price of that steel has gone up 40% since January when the president imposed a new import duties on steel imports from Asia and elsewhere. So tariffs and the dust-up going on between the U.S. and other countries is affecting those automakers who have plants here in America and Lamar Alexander fighting for his plant. In North Carolina, they are trying to help influence what's going to happen to the HQ2 that Amazon is looking to put in. They're looking to possibly land that at the Research Triangle Park area, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area of North Carolina. And the decision still to come down about where that park's going on. But North Carolina still anticipating they could be in the mix for a chance to win the Amazon HQ2 headquarters. A site selection committee has been looking at the area and using world-renowned consulting forums to look over the North Carolina Piedmont area to see exactly if, if that would be the best fit. Now, Texas also is in the running for it, and Austin appears to be a may, maybe the likely candidate for the HQ2 for Amazon if it ends up picking where they will put a $5 billion campus if they were to come to Austin. In fact, I see on social media uh, an image of Keep Amazon Weird playing off of Austin's nickname of Keep Austin Weird, and maybe that'll be the difference maker as the president of the Austin, Texas Chamber of Commerce is looking like he's fighting hard to get Austin's bid out there and making a difference in the effort to land HQ2. If Amazon were to come, it would help bring 50,000 high-paying jobs and help build a lot of buildings in that area. And this is an area in Austin, North Austin to be specific, that has a presence already of Dale. I think that's their hometown, actually. And you also have in the North Austin area, Apple has a presence, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, Facebook, and more call North Austin Home. And these are all in the running for potential headquarters of HQ2 if that were to come to the south. But specifically, Austin, Texas, trying to be the likely winner of Austin and HQ2 from Amazon. And we'll keep our eye. I don't know what the holdup is. This has been ongoing for a while. A lot of places across the country have been in the running for landing this Amazon HQ2. And it's going to be a major impact wherever they decide to end up putting down roots. Well, that concludes our Y'all Street Business Report for Hour 1 and on this week's program. Hold on. When we come back in Hour 2, we're going to look into the sports world, the recap of this weekend in college football and NFL. And again, what a disaster it was for me. Maybe your weekend was a lot better. Maybe you made some money if you're into that kind of thing over this past weekend's college football action. NFL recap 
And we will get into Jerry Short, the teller of tells from Takapola Way. He'll have his thoughts on the passing of Burt Reynolds from last week. All that's ahead in hour two of the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. And welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl, here on this Monday, getting our week going. We've got Jerry Short lined up, coming at you in the next segment. We're going to have some fun talking with Jerry. We'll get Jerry's thoughts on the passing of Burt Reynolds from Thursday of last week. Plus, Jerry's got some other football stuff he wants to talk about. Go down memory lane with the teller of tales from Takapola, Jerry Short, and short stories coming up later in this hour Right now, we start off this hour with sports happenings from the weekend and what's coming up also, some news and notes from the world of sports. And first, I want to remind you, the opening weekend of the NFL concludes tonight. There's a couple of games, actually a doubleheader in the NFL with the New York Jets traveling to Detroit for a game at the Lions and the Los Angeles Rams head north to take on the Oakland Raiders at Oakland Coliseum. Those, both of those games happening tonight. In fact, that second game is a 10:20 Eastern, 9:20 Central kick. So late night in the NFL if you like NFL football. Sunday's game's not going to run through the entire list of happenings, but the Cleveland Browns, right when the chance to came for them to win their first game in two years, they missed the field goal in overtime, and they ended up tying the Pittsburgh Steelers. A tie in the NFL doesn't happen very often, but the Browns and Steelers end up tying in Cleveland on Sunday. The Dolphins and Titans had about a four-hour rain delay because of lightning and rain in South Florida. 
They had two kickoffs returns for touchdowns in this game. First time that's happened in a game where the kickoffs were more than 90 yards since like 2000. But the Dolphins prevailed 27-20 at Sun Life Stadium in South Florida. Also, the Patriots were able to withstand the assault from the Texans winning 27-20. The Buccaneers went into New Orleans and came out 48-40 winners over New Orleans. The Jacksonville Jaguars went all the way to the Meadowlands and came out with a win over the Giants 20-15. The Ravens absolutely killed the Buffalo Bills 47-3. The Chiefs took care of business against the L.A. Chargers by 10, 38-28. The Redskins dominated the Arizona Cardinals 24-6. And another game, the Carolina Panthers were able to hold back the Dallas Cowboys 16-8 in a game played at Bank of America Stadium. That's a look at what happened to NFL-wise. And again, a couple of games going on tonight. Some news from the college football ranks. One of the stars of Oklahoma's football team is not going to be able to continue for the season as running back Rodney Anderson is out for the season with a knee injury. This was announced Sunday by Lincoln Riley, head coach of the Sooners. So we wish Rodney Anderson the best as he had a promising career ahead of him this season at least. We hope he can come back next year and Maybe if he's well enough and good enough, he can skip right to the NFL. But Rodney Anderson, his season done with the Sooners. In Durham, two injuries, one of which the quarterback may be able to come back and play before the season is over. Quarterback Daniel Jones of David Cutcliffe's Duke Blue Devils fractured his clavicle and the Blue Devils' big win at Northwestern over the weekend. And he's out indefinitely, but Coach Cutcliffe says that it is not considered season-ending. Now, good news there. Bad news that cornerback Mark Gilbert for Duke, he's done for the year with what Cutcliffe described as a freak hip injury. But Duke now 2-0 and on the season with a big win at Northwestern. They've got wins over Army and Northwestern, and the Blue Devils are off to a 2-0 and start. Alabama's making history. They have topped Ohio State for the most weeks on top of the AP poll. The Crimson Tide have now made their 106th overall appearance at the top of the AP rankings which these rankings started way back in 1936, and that now eclipses what Ohio State had done in the past. And the Tide looking strong this past weekend, destroying Arkansas State. They are number one. They got 54 first-place votes. Clemson comes in at number two, no surprise there. They got six first-place votes. They went out to Kyle Field and got a big win against the Texas A&M Aggies on Saturday. Another team with a big win Saturday, the Georgia Bulldogs. Surprise many, surprise me with their win. And as I may have referenced in hour one, this was not my weekend for pulling for college football teams or predicting college football teams. It was a disaster for yours truly. Perhaps I need to stay out of the business. And General Gridiron may need to go to the farm. But uh, that, that George, give them all the credit. They went into Williams-Price, got a big win. Now, other developments of note on the AP rankings. Penn State moves up, too. They got a big win at Hinesville against Pitt. Also moving up. Mississippi State, big win for the Bulldogs at Kansas State this past weekend. Boise State moved up three spots. They had a big pummeling of Connecticut, and they're number 17 now in the polls. The other big news was USC, after losing to Stanford, they moved down to 22, dropping five spots in the poll. Michigan State had the biggest fall as the Spartans went out to Arizona State and lost, and now they dropped to 25, dropping 10 ranks. They were 15th last week. Now they're 25th in the latest AP poll for college football. We'll have a lot more college news and notes as we move along throughout the week. We've got our sports line yap tomorrow. On Wednesday, we'll have an ACC spotlight. We'll find out 
from Jonathan Lifite. <laughs> did, did the ACC decide to take the week off this past week? Other than Clemson and Duke, not a lot of highs, at least, from the conference. A lot of lows, a lot of embarrassing lows. We'll talk about it on Wednesday's Y'all Show. And then, of course, Thursday, we'll have an SEC Spotlight I got to get my boy Jeremiah Short on the show. Jeremiah worked with me for a long time on the Mississippi State show, Bully Barkline, and he is fired up about the Bulldogs, and he should be. The Bulldogs of MSU are having a great season thus far with their first-year coach, and they had a big win at K-State, and they continue to impress. Mississippi State could be the surprise team in the entire SEC, maybe in all of college football in 2018, and I need to get Mr. Short lined up, not Jerry, but Jeremiah, lined up to come on and talk some maroon and white bulldog sports later in the week. The tennis slam for the year ended over the weekend, and we saw Serena Williams get upset when she lost the women's final. Well, in the U.S. Open men's final, Novak Djokovic won on Sunday, and he's now a total won a total of 14 Grand Slam titles in his career. Yeah, what a great feat for this tennis player winning at the U.S. Open had 14 wins in a total on the slams for him. And it's really funny how tennis players, when you're good, you're really good. And players like Williams on the women's side and, and Djokovic and Rafael Nadal, he wins a ton. And then you got from Switzerland, Roger Federer, he's won a lot of good stuff. So women, it seems like the Williams they have the, the claim on winning a lot these days, and then there's a couple of maybe a trio of male tennis players that are very, very good, and they continue to dominate the sport. Well, the tennis players may have squeezed in action just outside of New York City, but the golfers in Newtown Square, Pennsylvania, they are having to put their tournament on hold. They had to suspend play Sunday, and the final round at the BMW Championship has been moved to today. Weather pending, if they can squeeze it in. This will be the next-to-last tournament of the year. And if they can't get this in, they'll have to end the tournament at 54 holes. And Justin Rose is leading the tournament as of now, as the tournament stopped on Saturday, didn't play Sunday, hopefully finishing on today, Monday. And then the final 25 or so players will advance to East Lake for the final championship, the Tour Championship. And that's where you'll get your $10 million winner after all that's said and done with. But the golfers on hold for today over Sunday and now seeing what happens today Mother Nature will it cooperate and send the final two dozen or so players to Atlanta for the tournament not this coming week but the following weekend is the last tournament on the PGA Tour for this year then they go to the Ryder Cup just after that and that is what's going on in the world of sports across the Southland well, when we come back on y'all, we're going to turn our attention to Jerry Short, the teller of tales. He'll be by to drop by and give us his great report of all things Southern and what he's got up his sleeve. And we told Jerry when we talked to him on Friday, we need to hear more about Burt Reynolds as we lost him last week at the age of 82. So Jerry's going to talk some Burt and he's going to talk some football. Two pretty good combinations. Combinations that actually Burt Reynolds are both, is known for both himself and, of course, football and films and more. And we'll get Jerry's unique take on the South when we come back on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. 
Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. The Y'all Show, talking all things Southern. And hello for the Southerners. This is your host, John Rawl, and we're back here on a Monday edition of the program that's all about Dixie. And we have the teller of tall tales and the teller of tales that maybe aren't so tall. They're short stories as well. We've got Jerry Short joining us now. And Jerry, actually, let me let me cue you up properly here on the program. I, I know you're kind of a high-tech redneck like me. Alexa, bring on Jerry Short. Run Ellen by me again. <laughs> okay. Maybe you're not so high tech. I said, <laughs> Alexa, oh. start Jerry Short. Have you not heard Alexa before? Uh, I'm not that high tech. I'm from Taco Paul. Yeah, it's the Google Play devices that about probably half the South has now. I don't have one. But it's yeah, where okay. you like yell Alexa, like Alexa, cut on so and so device. Oh yeah, I've had people that did that. Yeah, I, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling Alexa to cut you on. So you a, a little bit of a delay, but Alexa came through. We got Jerry Short on with us. All right, I'm ready. Well, Jerry, we, we had you on Friday, so it's kind of a bonus to have you on so much here on the y'all program, but. We had you on Friday as we memorialized the death of Burt Reynolds, who died on September 6th. That was Thursday of last week at the age of 82. And now with some days to reflect on this southern legend, 
the film star, the producer, and more. Your thoughts now, looking back on what Burt Reynolds brought to the film and to the society that we know of as the South. As you remember, we talked a lot about Burt and how loyal he was to the Southern tradition, and he never turned his back on anything that was Southern. And most of his movies, he turned down big roles. I think we may have talked about that. You know, in other areas that would have been not so Southern, kind of kind of like Elvis and Stars Born, you know, where he didn't take that role. But, you know, it was uh, it was things that I got to thinking about, and uh, it brought me back to, I knew a guy called James Best. Yes. In, uh, Roscoe you, P. Coltrane <laughs> on Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> I, knew, I knew James pretty good. I gave James a couple of jerseys, uh, Ole Miss football jerseys, when they were filming a movie called Old to Billy Joe huh. by Bobby Gentry, they filmed it uh, in our area. And, you know, working and buying timber for international paper, I'd usually chase all these movies down when they would film them. So I got to know him and hanging around when they was filming the movie. And he played a Barksdale that owned a sawmill. And they, uh, he told me, you know, they'd let me eat with them and all because uh, he just said, come on, let's, let's eat catering food in it. He was sitting there telling me about Burt Reynolds wanting to do Gator in Mississippi, the movie Gator. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, and I said, well, why, why is he not going to do it in Mississippi? And he said, well, the Mississippi governor. And, you know, that was 76. I shouldn't know who the Mississippi governor was. but I, Well, but you were kin to one of those governors back in that well, time period. Well, Finch I'm kin to. He's a cousin. He was a cousin of mine. And... Uh, I don't think it was Cliff. It may have been William Winter. It sounds like a William Winter deal to me. But um, anyway, he didn't give him any help. He's like he didn't have time to fool with Burt Reynolds. And, you know, then so um, James Best told me, he said he contacted him. And he said, look, we just, you know, if he wants to do the movie here, that's fine. If not, you know, that's fine. That's fine, too. We're not in the movie business. So Burt went to Georgia. And I think he ended up doing six films in Georgia. But he got a lot of help from the governor over there. And it might have been Jimmy Carter. I don't know at that time. And because he was president. No, I guess he was president in 76. But uh, it was whoever the governor was after Jimmy Carter, I guess. But he said that he flew. This is what James Best told him. That he flew uh, Bert all over the state of Georgia, did everything possible, gave him a tax break, cut this, cut that deal, cut this. And even carried him up to do one of the scenes uh, in another state, even because he had a cabin there up in the mountains, mm-hmm. you know, where they did deliverance. I think he went up in that area and, and did a, uh, some scenes in it. And it was, if I've looked at uh, Smoking a Bandit, which is supposedly filmed in Georgia, too, and a Mississippi roadblock looks like it's up in the Smoky Mountains, too, where he's leaving the state of Mississippi, in where Smoky is, where the Bandit is. Right. But anyway, my point was that uh, James Best, he was an actor. He was a, uh, uh, in many things. And he knew Burt from back when they were on Gunsmoke yeah, together. Good, good Kentucky native, there James you Best. Go. James Best was. He was born in Kentucky, and I think he died in North Carolina, and he lived in South Carolina at one time. And uh, may have been somewhere up around where you're from. Yeah. And, uh, he owned a, a lake house on Lake Murray near my hometown in yeah, South I Carolina. Yeah, I, I think I've heard that. And he I lived there plainly because he was a big fisherman. Loved to fish. Oh, okay. But when you knew Thank him you. back in the 70s, James Best, 
mm-hmm. this was before Dukes of Hazard came out. He was in Mississippi as a resident because he was a professor teaching acting at the University Edible of Mississippi Mint. in Oxford, which was Absolutely. very strange because he he wasn't, of course, a big movie star, but anybody that had seen movies and TV shows from the 50s and 60s would have recognized his face because he was on a lot of different stuff, and he pretty much left that behind. He left Hollywood behind to move to University of Mississippi in Oxford and be on the faculty for a while, and you have the reason for that, don't you? Yeah, he... Um... When he first got to Mississippi, and uh, and then he he verified that with me. My wife had saw when I come home one night, and she told me she said uh, James Best is moving to Mississippi because he wants his children to grow up in a better atmosphere than the Hollywood atmosphere. And uh, so he took that job at Ole Miss, and uh, so he went to Oxford. And then uh, when I met him, I I asked him about that, and he said, "Yeah," he said. I didn't want my two girls, and he told me their names, and there's no way I could ever remember them. They were weird names. But uh, we got to talking, and he said he loved it, and he wanted to know could I get him a couple football jerseys, and I did. So he would he would kind of take me behind the scenes of when they was filming that movie, uh, Ode to Billy Joe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was you, – you could tell he was a real good actor, but he said that Burt Reynolds wanted him to come to Georgia – I think he was going to Brunswick, Georgia, when they finished filming Ode to Billy Joe to start filming Gator, and he was going to be an advisor on that set. And then he was in the movie Hooper with him also. I believe it was Hooper. Was that about uh, stuntmen or something? I think so. I think he was going to do that. And uh, and anyway, he was real good friends with uh, Denver Pyle, too. And, you know, we started trying to make a connection between uh, – how all that uh, smoking the bandit and all those things kind of ended up falling and kind of just falling in the lap of uh, of uh, Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Bess had maybe a lot to do with that because what's that uh, guy that was was Snyder the one that become a singer? Yeah, John Snyder. I know Sn- Snyder played. used to say he learned more from James Bess than anybody he ever was around. Huh. And he says he was a heck of a comedian, and he was funny, and I learned more from Sorry. He said he developed that uh, playing around on, on the scene, that uh, whatever he did there that you just yeah. did. He developed that with Boss Hogg, who somehow he knew from being friends with in some some old flicks in the 50s and all. Okay. But he, but he was in a lot of really good movies, so. You know, you all you kind of think that maybe those uh, those kind of connections created uh, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I get that feeling. So I just kind of wanted to pass that along. Well, Bert, Bert, and James worked together in Hollywood before both became stars. Certainly, Bert yeah. was a bigger star than James Best, but yeah, they yeah. were kind of starting out at the same time. And so was Clint Eastwood. Did you see that quote that came out the other day where Clint Eastwood and, and Burt Reynolds were fired from Gunsmoke the same day? Yeah. That's, that's, and, that's and, almost unbelievable. And they were in the parking lot together and like, well, what are we going to do now? And Burt Reynolds told Clint, well, uh, I'm going to take acting lessons. <laughs> and they went to James Best and took some. And, you know, Best had done a lot of stuff. I think when Best died two or three years ago, he was 88 died of pneumonia hmm. so Bert's only was 62 right 
So, um, Bert was 82. I mean, 82, yeah. 82, I'm sorry. So, you know, there's six years and uh, then add another three or four. So it's almost 10 years difference in their age. So uh, James had already, he had played, he'd even played with Humphrey Bogart and people like that, okay. you know, as a, as a character actor. So he had a, he had a pretty good, and, and I think one of his pupils, he had an acting school in Hollywood. And he told me that uh, the woman on $6 million woman, Wagner or something, I believe, yeah. that uh, he taught her how to act. And Lindsay Wagner, is that her name? That's that, the way? That sounds something, something like that. Something like that. So I think maybe that he may have helped Burt, too. And, and I, uh, I, well, he was. I don't think Burt would have uh, wanted him to come over and be an advisor on Gator. Well, remember which, the first year the Dukes of Hazard was filmed in Covington, Georgia. That's where it yeah. was the pilot episode and the first season mm-hmm. was done. So James Best would have been in Georgia a lot when that was going on. And I really feel I don't have the proof to pull you know, to pull the results and show everybody firsthand. But I think you can connect the dots and see that because of the great success that Smokey and the Bandit had back in 1977, monster hit at the box office. If you compare yeah. that to Dukes of Hazard, it's kind of the same story. <laughs> and just I know. Being really chased is. by the law. There's basset hounds uh-huh. in both movies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, one, one of course, in Dukes of Hazard is named Flash. And as we told you the other day, Jerry, you'll appreciate the name of Jerry Reed's basset hound and Smokey and the Bandit. It was yeah. Fred. Fred, yeah. Fred's dollar store. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I want to thank of, uh, of James Bess, not not his Roscoe P. Coltrane or whatever his name was, because he was more of a serious talking guy and mm-hmm. really down to earth and knew the, knew the world really well, knew politics good, and, you know, and and was a was a really uh, educated man. And and you watch him on Duke's Hazard, you you don't get that same feeling. No. But, uh, but he that's did what... a great job acting as a silly idiot like that in that movie <laughs> hey made him a few made him a few dollars and made him famous and will forever be remembered for that role of roscoe p coltrane but we of course oh, we, so. we're here today primarily to salute burt reynolds his great friend and uh, of course burt reynolds brought his role into the dukes of hazard for sure we do have a dot connected because he played oh yeah boss yeah. hog in the 2005 2006 movie dukes of hazard which was terrible but it, uh, but he as, used a presidential name. Yeah, JD JD Hogg, uh, Boss Hogg, Jefferson Davis Hogg. There you go. I was thought he was a presidential name. Yeah. And uh, so, so Burt Reynolds does have we know a connection to the Duke's Hazard through that. But of course, uh, Burt Reynolds was still active. He was working on a movie here in the last few months during the final year of his life, and I'm looking forward to seeing that when it'll come out and just. The great thing about Burt Reynolds, as we mentioned on Friday's show, is just how cool he was. And He was cool. I mean, you know, how many people can you truly say upon their past, this guy was just the epitome of cool? Well, I think one of the coolest things and one of the things that touches me more is when he said, you know, I'm, I, I'm ready for death, that I'm not afraid to die, that uh, I thank God every night for uh, uh, the luck that he has given me along the way. And, um, you know, that's pretty cool. If uh, you're satisfied, and he, he said, you know, I will live in infamy, so to speak, to take words from a president, but uh, but I will be in the film industry. Good, bad, or indifferent movie, 
I will be there forever. So, you know, that's uh, pretty. If you if you die like the like the Elvis song or the Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good fitting for Burton. Maybe need to be on his tombstone. I did it my way. Which was one and of the tra- tragedies with Elvis's death. Nobody knew that was coming, and he was still a relatively young guy. And my oh, goodness, I, I mean, we didn't really have the. You can't really say, well, he lived a great full life. That's not the case no. with Elvis. No. I think no. it's pretty much the case with Burt Reynolds. I mean, what a great life. Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he couldn't ask for anything more except maybe another 12 years or so. Yeah. And the other than that, or 18 years, I guess, to make it 100. And he played yeah. college football, too, for the Knowles. Well, when we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over and have Jerry Short. Jerry, I've got a big question for you, and we'll let you think okay. about it during the break. What, what was the biggest football game you've seen during your lifetime? Don't give us the answer. Well, that's out of 500 games. I've been <laughs> in person, so I'll think about it. All right. Well, you think about it, ruminate, and we'll come right back with the conclusion of today's Y'all Show with our short stories with Jerry Short. Stay with us. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Every year... Thousands overpay for a used car. They're left feeling disappointed, ashamed, and alone. Traditional pricing books only add to the confusion, offering only guesstimates and ranges. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curves, flattening the hills. Someday the mountain might get up, but the law never will. Making their way. 
that, that we got to play that one. The theme song for the Dukes of Hazard here on the Y'all Show. We've gave that plenty of talk in the previous segment as we saluted the life of Burt Reynolds and his great friend James Best, who of course played Roscoe P. Coltrane in that series. That we're getting ready to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Dukes of Hazard premiering on CBS. And I saw a, a recent tweet put out by John Schneider from that show on his official account. And it was a, a modern-day picture of him sliding across the hood of the General Lee as if he were getting into it. But the the image of his face was not so flattering. It was almost like, uh-oh, I'm about to fall over. But, but he put it out on his own Twitter account. So it was really funny if you get a chance to pull that up from John Schneider, Bo Duke on that series. We'll uh, encourage you to find that. It was pretty funny. We got the teller of tales, Jerry Short from Takapola Way. And he's back with us with short stories. And we love to catch up with him on Mondays on the Y'all Show. And we had him last week serving double duty. He was on the Friday show helping us pay tribute to Burt Reynolds. Well, Jerry, Burt played for the Florida State Seminoles back in the 1950s when that program was just getting going. And I'm not sure it's going right now. They barely escaped this weekend. They had to go into the last few minutes to defeat the FCS opponent, Samford Bulldogs, but they did get a victory in Tallahassee this past weekend. But that's just mm. one of one of the many games I saw, thanks to the television this past weekend. But you've seen lots of games in person throughout your 20 or 30 years on Earth. Uh, <laughs> So t- <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, John. Yeah, so t- tell me, out of all the games that you've seen and covered, and you've actually, I guess, been a professional journalist covering football games at times, tell me yes. what the best game you've ever seen was. Well, John, um, I saw Cokes in the stadium at Oxford in the early mid fifties. Saw that Maryland game with Michael. I was really too young to know what happened. An old mess upset. The Maryland Taplin and uh, Turtles, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and, Maryland uh, was the defending national champion back in the absolutely. early 1950s. You don't think of Maryland and being a championship football program, but yeah, they were. You know, crab cakes and football, that's what they do in Maryland. Well, that was the upset of the year nationally, you know. Ole Miss beating them in Oxford, 21-14. And, uh, but that's not my game. Um, I've got to come forward a little bit, but, boy, I'm backing way up. Back beyond most of our audience that uh, probably weren't even born. I've got to go to 63. Nope, I wasn't born then. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Your story should interest you then. Uh, 1963, uh, Ole Miss was ranked preseason number three in the nation. And um, they were playing a Memphis State team. Now, 63 comes out of 1962, where that was the only hit season in the entire history of Ole Miss football where they did not lose or tie a ball game. That's one of the so-called national titles they claim in right. Oxford with 62s. They were, if you don't know anything about Ole Miss football, or now Mississippi Landshark football, but back then the Ole Miss Rebels, if you don't know anything about their history, they were really one of the top teams, top two or three teams in the country in the 1950s and 60s when John Vault was the coach. So they, they were a force, and then you get to this season, 1963, when they were predicted to be right there amongst the people competing for a national championship that year. Well, they played Memphis in 60, and that's the one national championship they ended up uh, 
getting the ground on a rice trophy by the sports writers for national champion because in those days they didn't vote after the regular season was over. Oh. After bowl games, there was no vote. Now, they didn't play in 62. Was, uh, Memphis went down. Memphis was getting really good. And they they went down and beat Mississippi State in 62, something like 28 to 7. Boy, I was there. That's back uh, when I hitchhiked and went on down there in 62. I was in the uh, 11th grade, I guess. And uh, I went down there and had a ride after the, during the game after Memphis won. And so, you know, you knew that they were a coming program. So they entered the 63 season playing Ole Miss, who was number three preseason, and Memphis was number darn eight preseason. But they went undefeated the year before. Now, they had played some smaller schools, uh, but they, I, I know they had played uh, Citadel, I think. Your, your ex school. The Citadel, uh, yep. The Citadel, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway. You better uh, be saluting when you say that name. I did. I was standing up. Okay. And uh, so, so what happens for this game? Let me just give you a little brief how I got there and, and at, how hard it was to get in that game. At Crump Stadium. Crump Stadium, capacity 24,500. Uh, built uh, originally about 7,500 by the CCC boys for probably $10,000 or so, you know, in the 20s, so in the 30s. Uh, this is in the Memphis break. currently. It still in, exists. It's where all the hospitals yeah, are in well, midtown. They, they've tore it down, and it's a high school stadium now. Well, some of, some uh, of it's still there. Is yeah, they left. I think they left about 8,000 seats or so. But uh, anyway, it used to be a lot of games played there. The bowl games played there. And Memphis thought they was going to be the original Cotton Bowl. And they kept putting money into the thing, and they couldn't get it big enough. And it was sitting on three acres of land. And Dallas went ahead of them and went on with the Cotton Bowl. And they kept saying, well, New Orleans got Sugar Bowl, and Pasadena's got the Rose Bowl, and Memphis is the cotton capital of the world, and we want, we're going to be the Cotton Bowl. But uh, – Dallas ran under them and got the cotton bow. So that just shut. They they formed and Charlie Conley had played for Ole Miss's first year. I know I'm kind of getting a little bit off off score here, but hey, uh, Ole Miss had signed with them in uh, '47 preseason for thirty thousand dollars to play in the uh, Delta Bowl. They named it. So uh, Ole Miss of all things had never won one. But the 47 season, they won the Southeastern Conference Championship. And uh, and they give uh, Coach Vault, that was his first year as head coach at Ole Miss, Johnny, Johnny Vault. And they give him the option to go ahead and go to Sugar Bowl. It was wanting them bad. Or, and he said, no, a contract's a contract. And I, I've signed my name to play here preseason, he signed. Not knowing what kind of season he was going to have. But he had some great players at Charlie Conley and, and the Pooh boys and now Canard. You know, Canard wasn't there, but one of them other Canard was. But anyway, um, long story, let me get back to what happened. So uh, it was one of those typical deals where we I left hitchhiking to Memphis with a couple of friends of mine. We go up 63. And uh, we get to Memphis, and Ole Miss always had their pep rally. Memphis was an Ole Miss town. I mean, you know, Memphis State was a second thought for them, you know. And so uh, the Liberty Bowl was built for Ole Miss because they couldn't hold the crowd. You know, and they say that uh, 63 game was a 
biggest crowd that Memphis had ever drawn in the history of their football team. So uh, they drew 25-something you know, that night uh, and, and a 24-5 stadium. But anyway, uh, I hitchhiked on up, and me and these two friends of mine, we thought we had it figured out, and the Coke truck come in, uh, uh, come off of Central, uh, it used to be Bellevue, now it's uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard, but it's old Highway 51 uh, on the south, on the west end of the stadium. We jumped a Coca-Cola truck. He could raise those uh, panels up, and we got in, in underneath where they couldn't see us, and we rode in, and when the Coke truck stopped, we eased out and hid in some bushes behind just about a 10-layer uh, temporary seating capacity bleachers in that end zone. And we, we laid there for about an hour, and we thought we had it made. We went in early in the morning, too early. There was icing down cokes and stuff. And they caught us. Really? And they asked, yeah, oh, they come, uh, here come these guards. And, you know, they caught us. And they escorted us out. It was MPDs. It wasn't Memphis Police Department. They had them just – I mean, they was working that place alive. They didn't mean for anybody to get in it. Tickets were selling for $100 a piece. This was the biggest crowd Memphis had ever had because they thought – this was going to be the year that they were going to get that upset win. It was Ole Miss and Memphis's 40th time to play each other. And so they thought this was going to be it. And they'd never even, you know, except those other two years. I think in 61, it was a 21-7 game. And coming off of that 31-21 game in 60. So you could see it was getting closer and closer and closer. So anyway, uh, we got escorted out. And then we decided let's go down to uh, let's let's run down to the Peabody and get catch a pep rally because the cheerleaders were looking good and jumping around the around, <laughs> around the fountain. They'd they'd get up around the fountain and have a hotty toddy gosh mighty and band was up uh, around the balcony on the far side playing Dixie and the pep band and everything is going wild in the Peabody and and so we went down there and. Me and these two or three friends of mine, and I looked up in the – well, I looked to the right. I, I'm going to make this real quick because it doesn't have anything to do with it. But they had the Mid-South Fair at the same time. And this was the first game of the season. And this was the 20th or 21st, second or – one of the, I think 21st of uh, of uh, September, first game of the year. And um, so, anyway, look down there. And Ellie Mae Clampett, if you're familiar with her. Yeah. Or the Beverly Hillbilly thing. She was getting off the elevator on the uh, second floor, looking down at the pep rally, and and I looked at her when the elevator door opened, and I went down there and I said, "Can I help you?" Because <laughs> I'd seen her on TV, but she was there performing at the Mid South Fair. Okay. The reason she was in Memphis. So her and Clint Walker, Clint Walker, they weren't together at that time, but they were there together performing. So anyway. I put my arm around and I walked her down to the bottom and boy, I was, I was really a sporty guy, you know? Yeah. You couldn't were like a 16 year old kid too. Yeah. I couldn't get a, couldn't have got a date with anybody. And I'm hugged up with Ellie Mae Clamp and Donna Douglas. But anyway, I went, uh, we went back up there and I looked across the way and there was an old boy that was a paratrooper at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. He had uh, come down for the ball game and he waved across at me and told me to come on over and I, I went over and he said, let's, let's slip out to the ball game. I'll get us in. And I said, you can't. We've already been kicked out. Uh, we're not going to be able to get in that place. I said, it's an armed guard. It's a, 
you think it's a prison camp in Nazi Germany or something? And he said, no. He says, me and you, he said, you leave them two duds with you back here at the Peabody, and we're going to go ahead to the street and go on back down to back to Crump Stadium. And I said, well, they're not duds. They're good guys. You know, one of them ended up playing football for Delta State. And so we ended up, uh, I said, all right, Frank, let's go. So we went back down to the stadium, and I said, how are we going to do this? And it was just before dark. It was a night game, and it was just before dark. And we went down that south alley, and we got over into some houses on that south alley with some garbage cans. And he, he said, let's duck in here and hide behind these garbage cans. So we ducked in, and we hid down behind those garbage cans. And my gosh, I'm down there. I said, oh, uh, Frank, what's the next move? I mean, we're here behind these garbage cans. He said, you see that guard walking the wall? Now, on the south wall of Crump Stadium, the south fence was a brick block wall, and it was wide enough for a man to walk with a billy club. And this cop was walking from one end to the other and turning and coming back. But, you know, it was to go up it from the outside was a good 12 feet. And so and it was like it would be impossible to get over it. And then it had the bob wire that pointed back outward as you cleared the top. And uh, I said, well, what's the plan? He said, okay, here's what we do. You see that guide wire? You know, they'd have a, they'd have a big guide wire running down a telephone pole in the yeah. older telephone pole in place. And I said, what you going to do? He said, I'm going first. You watch me. When that cop comes by swinging that billy club and walks on past, I'm going to hit that guide wire. I'm going to swing myself up over it like you pole vault. And he said, aren't you a pole vaulter in high school? And I said, yeah, but I ain't gone 12 foot yet. <laughs> he, said, he said, well, now's the time to try for it. He said, because I'm going the next time he comes by. And he did. And he hit that doggone guide wire. And that son of a gun went all the way over that dang bob wire. And he was out of sight because it was a solid brick wall. I couldn't see inside the stadium. Well, then my time come. And I did it. I hit it and bounced off of the wall with my feet. And may have even took a little uh, spot out of my blue jeans. And, but I, when I went over that wall, dang it, I kept falling and falling and falling. I needed a parachute, and he was a paratrooper. They was dug out, and it was solid concrete. I bet it was 20 feet to the bottom. But anyway, I, I didn't break anything, I guess, because I was young. And uh, we got in the stadium, but we had to walk the whole time. And, you know, because the cops would walk, and they'd stop and check to see if you had a ticket if you were stopped. So we walked the whole time until halftime. And these old Miss Frat Rat boys got up, as we'd call them in those days, and fraternity guys. Yeah. And they got up, and Frank said, let's sit in their place. They're drinking, they're drunk. They don't even know where they are. And I said, man, we can't sit in that place. He said, sit down here. And so I did what he told me to do because he had been right on everything else. And here these guys come back, and they say, get up here in our seats. You know, they're they spitting and sluttering and going on and stuttering and doing everything else. And so <laughs> – he, he says, we're not getting up. And they started hollering, constable, constable, constable. Well, I said, golly, I said, Frank, I'm up. I'm going to start walking because these cops are fixing to come, and we're going to get kicked out. And this, what I've seen of this game, it's the hard-hitting, it's the best football game I've ever seen. And I want to see the second half. 
So we walked that whole second half. I watched that game walking, but it was unbelievable. At the end of the game, uh, it just it was just a little bit of time left, and we eased back down to where the uh, fraternity boys were sitting. And he followed them through. Everybody funneled out the uh, east end of the stadium. They had iron gates down there. And it was 0-0, zero, zero, and Memphis people were absolutely That's going insane. The final score was a yeah. scoreless tie? Zero, tied 0-0. Zero, zero. They had no two-point uh, – I mean, no uh, overtime. overtime or anything back in those days, you know. So it was 0-0. Zero, zero. Hardest fall football game to this day I have ever seen, and I've seen a bunch of them. You know that. And But when I think back, if I could relive any football game in my life I've ever been to, it would want to, I'd want it to be that ball game in Memphis, September the 21st, 1963, because uh, it was just – it was phenomenal. And Memphis was so doggone good. They went on – they went they went 9-0-1 that year. Memphis did. <laughs> now, Ole Miss ended up going 7-0, and uh, I don't know why they didn't have but uh, nine ball games. But uh, they went 7-0-2. They tied Mississippi State. The last game of the season, ten to ten, and uh, that by percentage wise, uh, that enabled them to win the Southeastern Conference Championship. <laughs> they finished five zero and one, and the next best was six. Uh, I mean, it was a uh, five one and zero oh, was Alabama. Ah. so uh, Ole Miss ended up being their last nineteen sixty three SEC championship they've ever won, but. Uh, just one last footnote is we got out on the street. Uh, he followed those fraternity boys out, and they had Memphis City buses that were picking people up because there was no parking out there. And these guys were all hollering out the windows, and the windows was down on the buses, and they were screaming, go to heck, Ole Miss, you know, maybe a little bit stronger than heck. But uh, Romberger run that boy down at, at, at fraternity boy down. And people wore ties and suits then to go to ball game. He grabbed him by his tie and like to pull him out of the doggone bus and hit him two or three times. And I said, "My gosh, Frank!" But uh, Frank was a—he was a really smart guy. And he was going to Ole Miss after he graduated from uh, uh, graduated from Paratrooper 101st Airborne School, mm -hmm. and, and the whole nine yards that he had to go through there. But uh, he was driving a taxi, working his way through school, and he got shot in the back of the head with a passenger uh, and killed. Mm. And uh, back in the but 60s. he was, yeah, it was probably sixty-six or seven. Carl, huh? and uh, yeah, it wasn't long after he got out of the, after he got out of the uh, out of the hundred first airborne. He uh, came back and and he worked. Uh, you know, he was going to work his way through school. He wasn't from a real well-off family. He had to pay his own way. And, he would drive a taxi in Memphis in the summer and go to school in the fall. And uh, Anyway, this guy tried to hold him up, and if I know Frank, he did him like he did that boy that honored uh, <laughs> constable. He probably turned around, and he took a bullet in the head. And uh. that was, That's a sad ending to a really great ball game, though. But, but uh, hey, you've taught us all here today, Jerry, how to get into a football stadium. You know, don't, don't sit back and think a fence is going to – fence or a brick wall is going to get in the way just repel over it i guess jerry short the teller of tales from takapola with a great story and kids don't try that one at home or at the next football game you go to jerry thank yeah. you very much and you have a great week and we'll catch up with you again early next week 
You are welcome. Thank you, my man. All right. Well, that will put a bow on today's Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Thank you so much for listening. We will be right back here, same time, same place tomorrow. Tune in for Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent.